When you're working with animals, it's just a fact that you'll come across some funky smells. That's why we partner with First Saturday Lime, our favorite product to keep the stink and bugs under control. First Saturday Lime is safer and stronger than diatomaceous earth. It's 100% non-toxic, 100% non-flammable, and has zero health hazards. It's safe because it's insoluble and will not react with skin or moisture. First Saturday Lime has taken extra lengthy steps to make their formula fine so it's easier to use and more effective. With over 50 years in the agriculture business, they are confident and competent in the best practices necessary to offer a natural pest repellent like this one. Stock up on First Saturday Lime by going to firstsaturdaylime.com and using code DRINK at checkout to save 20% off and free shipping. Hey there, Sam. Oh, hey, Bev. What you drinking over there? I just opened a Chasing Sunsets by 50 West Brewing, and it's a peach ale. Ooh, that sounds like a lovely beverage for a mildly warm March day. It is. And also, it's very appropriate because we sprung forward this week. We did. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? It's also a full moon this week and then really? it's also it was on monday and then it's also friday the 13th when this drops oh yeah that's a pretty that's a that's a pretty big week yeah it's a true like barometer for how my week's been going i don't know about <laughs> yours but i'm all over the place <laughs> i'm gonna say same but what'd you open over there So I opened a Surly Brewing Company coffee vendor, and it is a brown ale with coffee added. And you can definitely enjoy the coffee taste of this. Like, it's bold enough that you can taste it, but it's not overpowering. Mm. Mm Mmm. Very good. Sounds delicious. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. From hobby farmers to large-scale real-deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain so hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on non-farming-related tangents, but we cut a lot of those tangents and put them up on the Patreon. This episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps, so go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm. We also have fun things up there like exclusive recordings and pictures, and it's an excellent way to support the podcast starting at $2 a month. And don't forget, this month is Gifty Month, or next month is Gifty Month, but you want to sign up this month if you want to be in on Gifty Month. Because everyone that is an active Patreon peep as of the 4-1 cycle will be getting a gift. Yay! Yay! And I'm super excited about those gifts. Me too. 
And speaking of the Patreon, our drink sponsor this episode is IEGF Brahma Mama, which is our friend Elise Ferguson. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So we do have a couple of corrections today. And this first one is kind of embarrassing, honestly. Yeah. Just a little faux pas from Bev and Sam. (laughs) (laughs) We missed our two-year anniversary. (laughs) We just, like, skated right by it. Like, hey, bye. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, isn't that what happens when you get into a really long relationship? You just kind of forget. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't want you to feel like that is a reflection about how I feel about you, Beverly. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) It's just that we literally have so much going on. We talked about it, but we just forgot to say something on that podcast episode. So we've been doing this over two years now, guys, and we wouldn't be here without you. So thank you. Yes. And, you know, I think part of what it was is we just had like milestone fatigue. Yes. You know, because it's. (laughs) What was it? So we had the New Year's, which a New Year is always a milestone. And then it was your birthday. And then we released our 100th episode. And it was my birthday. Yeah. And then it was our two year anniversary. And it was just like, all right, we've been celebrating like nonstop since the New Year. (laughs) Yeah, we were tapped out. No pun intended. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And we have one more correction this week. All the corrections. And I thought this was a really funny one. Okay. So it turns out that the term cocky does not come from roosters. Dun, dun, dun. What does it come from? (laughs) So here, I'll tell you what it comes from. But first, I'll tell you where this came from. So I was editing and listening to that episode. And I thought to myself, does the term cocky really come from roosters? Because we both just said it so nonchalantly and confidently. I was like, Mm -hmm. I bet we're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We sound like we know what we're talking about. There's no way we do. (laughs) So I Googled it. And lo and behold, this really fun article came up. And it's just from somebody's blog. Um, His name is MJ Wright. And it looks like he's from New Zealand based Mm on uh, what the letters are that's in his um, blog post uh, link and we'll put it in the show notes but the title is this week's obscure English word is cocky it's not obscure in some senses according to the old English dictionary its meaning first used in the 18th century means someone who's conceited or confident in a bold and cheeky way as in maybe someone who trademarks the term (laughs) okay (laughs) I don't know what that means that must be some sort of weird New Zealand joke (laughs) However, it was derived originally from a 16th century term meaning lecherous, which means that they have too much sexual desire. Ooh. But what isn't so well known are a couple of Australasian Australasian slang Mm -hmm. meanings, neither of which relate to the original English word. The first is more Australian, cocky as an abbreviation for cockatoo, the parrot. And the second is another form shared in both Australia and New Zealand, cocky as a slang term originated in the 19th century when small-scale Australian farmers were referred to in a disparaging way as cockatoo farmers. Oh, snap. That was inevitably abbreviated and although occasionally qualified as cow cocky or shop sheep cocky, <laughs> the later, mostly New Zealand, eventually became just cocky, meaning farmer. It's not used that much these days, but was common enough in the mid-20th century. Huh. So we're a couple of cocky bitches. 
fun. Apparently. <laughs> Cockatoo farming bitches. <laughs> Farmer bitches. <laughs> boozy cocky chicks, as, you know, Twain last year at Coop Camp called us boozy farm chicks. That's right. Yeah. That was super fun. Thank you for pulling that and sharing that with us because I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. And I love learning for just the sheer purpose of learning. So I was like, huh, now I've got that in my back pocket for next time I'm feeling socially awkward somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And now we all do. Thank you. (laughs) And now it's time for our favorite time of the month, the Honey and Rue Corner. Yay! So, Bev, what was your favorite item in the March box? So, my favorite item in the March box was actually the thermometer and hygrometer. Mm-hmm. Because I needed one of those. I'm not going to put it in my coop because I already have digital ones in my chicken coop. Mm-hmm. But I'm building a greenhouse and it's perfect oh. for a greenhouse too. So I was really excited because I was like, perfect. I can just like slap this on the wall and I don't have to order another one of those digital ones. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was excited about that because we're debating hatching some goslings because my geese are laying now. And we were using one that I think was for like meat, like a meat thermometer, (laughs) like a digital (laughs) one, which it it worked, but it's a little weird. So now I can just put this in our very large incubator and call it good. Yeah, that's a good plan. For my uh, incubators, I use a cigar thermometer and hygrometer. Oh, yeah. But so I don't cheat and use the same favorite as you do. I will say that I kind of actually really enjoyed the Coop Recuperate stuff. Oh. I don't know if you've opened it yet, but it's got organic eucalyptus and lemongrass oils in it. Oh. And it's a way to like kind of, you know, absorb moisture, which everybody needs a lot of that kind of product on hand anyways this time of year because we basically have a mud farm over here. Yeah. Um, but you could smell the eucalyptus and lemongrass, and I was just like sprinkling it in the nesting boxes because we have some egg eaters. Oh so. yeah. They get kind of messy. <laughs> yeah, and the girls are finally laying again, like high production. So we just needed to do a little sprucing. And I was pleasantly surprised at how good that smelled. Nice. You know, I might go out there and throw it out there sometime this week. My coop really needs to be cleaned, but I don't have time for it. But I bet if I just dump the bag under the roosting bars, that should be good enough. Yeah. Between that <laughs> and your first Saturday line, you'll 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 buy yourself plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we also got some chicken ecstasy, which is a premium blend of red Milo, barley, dried mealworms, and omega-3 rich flaxseed for diet enrichment and encouragement of natural foraging behavior. And that's from Exotic Nutrition. Not to be confused with the drug ecstasy. It will not get your chickens high. But it'll make them very happy. I did like dump out the whole bag for my flock because they were being very impatient with me and me getting to fill their feeder. So I just like dumped it out for them and they were pretty thrilled. So nice. I'm a little bummed. It's not just like chicken. Like uh, catnip. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, what is that word again? (laughs) Catnip. Yes. (laughs) We also got dried calendula flowers. Did I say that right? 
Yeah, you sure did. I just planted some of those. Nailed it. Um, And these provide vitamins, minerals, fiber, and promote golden egg yellows. Egg yellows. Egg yolks. That's what I'm looking for. Also, from exotic nutrition, I actually just put them in the same areas like where we put our grit. So they could go, like, find their little surprise. Oh. And they're like, my chicken keeper loves me. Yeah. (laughs) And then next, we got a life on the farm canvas tote. And... Uh, so personally, I'm obsessed with can- canvas totes. Mm-hmm. I cannot have too many of them. I use them for so many things. So when I saw it, and it was truly a surprise because it wasn't one of the sneak peek items. I was like, oh, yay. It was so cute. And then we also got a chick luggage tag, which is perfect for creep camp, even though Bev and I will know the differences between our bags. But I'm very excited <laughs> just to put it on my bag because it's got a mm-hmm. chicken on it. So there's that. <laughs> Same. And then we also got a Grow to Max probiotic, which is an all-natural organic probiotic for chickens, ducks, geese, and other birds. And honestly, guys, you cannot have too much, too many uh-huh. like chicken vitamins or probiotics. I always tell people this all the time. They're the two things you should definitely always have on hand because you never know when someone's going to have an upset tummy or just need some more vitamins. So right. I'm excited for this. And it's super great to have on hand this time of year where if you live in the Midwest area and the weather isn't deciding what season it wants to be, it never hurts to throw that in their water just to give them a little extra boost. It sounded like you almost said the Midwets, and I was like, Midwets, yeah, that's exactly what that's it is about right, right. Now. <laughs> Maybe it was like a Freudian slip. I don't know. <laughs> and the last item in the box is, of course, our nesting box liner, which is super, super handy and a great way to reduce waste when packaging items. So cheers to Henny and Rue. So if you would like to get your hands on the April Henny and Rue box, you can go to hennyandrue.com. And use the code Drink and Farm to get 10% off your first box. All right. I am excited to hear about this because I intentionally have not been asking you a lot of questions and waiting until we got on to record so you could tell me about your experience. Yes. And I'm so excited to share it because it was a great learning opportunity for me here. And what it is that we're talking about today is we're talking about the driveway goat breeding. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Get back in the car and drive off. (laughs) It's pretty much how it goes. (laughs) Did you like have any, was like, okay, I have to ask this question and and I'm sorry if it's in there later. Was it just kind of weird to stand in a driveway while, while goats were getting it on? So it turns out it wasn't actually in a driveway. Oh, Yeah. So driveway breeding was just like the term that they use (laughs) for the fact that you just drive up and have your goat bread and leave. Yeah, because I was wondering the same thing. So I was like, it's gonna be super weird to be standing in a driveway while this happens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now that we got that out of the way, tell us the story. So um, I know that we've already talked about like goat breeding and goat heat and a bunch of other stuff. So Before I dive in, I wanted to remind everybody what episodes we have talked about this in great length or something similar in great length, just so they can go reference those if they want more information, Uh, because some of the stuff we're going to skim over since we've already talked about it. And um, we'll have links in the show notes to these. The first one is mini Sode 11, which was with Erica the Goat Chick. She's from Twin Willows Farms, and that episode's called Drink and Make Goats. (laughs) The next one is all about goat breeding. It's number 28. No, thank you. I have a headache. (laughs) 
<laughs> Every time I read our episode titles, I laugh. Yes. <laughs> and then the next one is all about goat pregnancy, and it's number 49, what to expect when your goat is expecting. <laughs> We're so clever. We are. Pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> We're our biggest fans. We are. <laughs> So, um, it's funny that you asked that question first because like a driveway breeding is pretty much what it sounds like. You know, you pull in your doe and the breeders buck do their thing and then you leave. But like I mentioned, we didn't do it in a driveway. We did it in a barn. I say we, like I was a part of it. <laughs> the goats it turns out did it in the barn. <laughs> I was a little bit more of a part of it than I bargained for, but I'll get into that later. <laughs> oh boy. Can't wait. <laughs> So they did it in a barn and it's a good thing because the breeder's house was like right on the main highway. And so when I was getting out of the car, I was looking around. I was like, this is going to be super awkward if we do this in the driveway because people are going to be like rubbernecking and there might be an accident. Because like, I don't know about you. I'd rubber neck if I saw two goats going at it in a driveway. (laughs) Absolutely. But then again, also, like my idea of what the actual act was going to be like was a little more than it really was. So we'll get into that more later, too. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that I forgot to take into consideration, though, when I decided to do this driveway breeding thing instead of just getting my own buck, is that your doe actually has to be in standing heat. Yeah. And even though we've totally discussed the signs of standing heat, like, I was like, wait, is she really in heat? I don't know. I've talked in great length about this with Sam, and I still am not very confident about this. (laughs) So just a quick recap. Uh, Standing heat, or signs of standing heat, are there's discharge from the vagina, there's swelling of the vagina. Sometimes they do like this loud, awful, obnoxious bleeding. (laughs) It it sounds like they're dying. They're like, like right at you. (laughs) Yes. I call it when Diana does that, and she's doing it right now. I say she's having FOMO, like fear of missing out, because she just does it no matter if you bring her food or water or hay. Like she just she just wants the goat D. (laughs) That's all she wants. (laughs) And then another sign is that they do this frequent tail wagging thing and goats wag their tail, but you'll definitely notice an Mm -hmm. increase of it during heat. I wonder Um, if that's like their version of batting their eyes. Hmm. You know, like it does kind of look like that. <laughs> or maybe it's like to draw attention to the area. You're oh, like, hey, look over here. Here's movement. Look over here. Like a shimmy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the last line is if you have a weather, him displaying buck behavior. Like, so I actually did see Coop be on his face. <laughs> oh, how is that <laughs> Which is for you? Super weird. Yeah. I was like, ew. <laughs> Stop it. You can't do anything about this. <laughs> Well, it's super weird. His his like face and his beard is like permanently this like yellowish green tinge right now. Yeah. I think just because it's spring, like I don't know, he might be doing it a lot. But I was like, Ew, I'm not gonna pet you under the chin. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll also be like rubbing all over your dough. It's really kind of cute and very affectionate. Um, and she returns the affection, so that's another sign. Um, if they weren't in heat and he was doing that to them, they'd be like, Nope. Be like, away. Hey. yeah, definitely. And all of those signs sound like they'd be super obvious. But when you're trying to figure out if your goat is in heat, 
and like you have to drive 40 minutes to go to this breeder, you kind of lose all confidence. (laughs) I can imagine. And some of the signs that you talked about too, especially the tag, the tail wagging, that could be a sign of like lice or mites. Yeah. Okay. Because we think we have mites right now. In the goats. Oh, yeah. And so I'm kind of keeping an eye on the ones that are sequestered away from the main area just to see it. Well, maybe they didn't get over there. Um, But Diana, who I think is in heat right now, is also wagging her tail. So I'm just trying to keep an extra eye on it. But sometimes signs can mean multiple different things. So I can understand how that would make somebody feel a little less confident about loading up a goat and driving 40 minutes. Yeah, and something else I also learned while I was there is that while Nigerian dwarf goats do go into heat year-round and can be bred, it turns out there's a peak season for it. Mm, Is it like the fall season? It is. It peaks Uh, in the fall, and then it slowly kind of tapers down as it gets to summer. And then once the heat of the summer passes, it ramps back up to fall. So if you're in one of those periods that's kind of in between those signs that are super obvious, like in October and November, can be really subtle this time of year, which is March. Right. Because we're starting to get to the end of it. So, But I mean, Maya got knocked up in June and Diana got knocked up in July. So just because they're not showing the signs as often doesn't mean they can't get knocked up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they're still in heat. They're just not like begging for it because they're like, it's hot. <laughs> get off me. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that while they're sweating. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So it turns out, though, when I got there and I talked to the breeder about it, she was like, because I I told her how unconfident I was that she was actually in standing heat. And she's like, oh, no, don't worry about that. Because if you bring her in and she's not in standing heat, it'll be super obvious. Because when the butt comes around to her, she will be flipping out and losing her shit and will not let him mount her. I was like, oh, well, that's really good to know. Because quite honestly, I was afraid to bring her in if she wasn't in heat because I didn't want the breeder to think I was an idiot. Right. Right. I would feel the same exact way. Because I was like... I know what I'm doing. I'm a goat farmer. But you know what? She probably... That wouldn't be the first time that's happened to her. I am sure of it. You know, and sometimes I think we can get in our own way based on our own uh, insecurities of something really great happening, like your dough getting knocked up. Yeah. So I'm glad that you stuck to your guns and went anyways to figure it all out. Yeah, I am too, because I almost didn't, because it was like a really crazy time. And I was like, oh, I'll just get it next month. And I was like, no, that's what I said last month. <laughs> It's like starting a new diet. I'll start next Monday. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, something else I was a little worried about was, like, what if I bring her in and she won't stand for the buck because he's a stranger or whatever? Like, it's really funny the things that kind of run through your head when you're feeling not super confident Mm -hmm. at the moment. Like, all of those stories can really scare you out of doing the thing that you want to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why I was really excited to share this was like, I get to tell people how unconfident I felt about this and how it all worked out in the end. (laughs) Sometimes we are our own worst enemies and tell ourselves far scarier stories than what's actually going to (laughs) happen. 
Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's funny, um, even though they were strangers, they had no issues with it. So there's that. I mean, it's like going to a bar, I guess, you know? And... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, well, I guess he did technically kind of offer her a drink if you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're on a roll today. I hope everyone else is having just as much fun as we are. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe we should have warned them that they should open a beer before they listen yeah. to this one because this is a super good happy hour one. <laughs> so anyways, now I'll get into like the actual story now that we're over with the like extra teaching part that we can add to the knowledge that we've already shared about breeding goats. So funnily enough, Tonks actually went into heat on my birthday, which was like the greatest <laughs> birthday present ever. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, she was doing her loud, obnoxious bleeding that makes it sound like she's dying. She had discharge coming out and her vagina was super swollen. But the only problem was I didn't notice the signs until late afternoon. Mm. And because it was a day that my son had like this really big band competition thing going on, I didn't have time to go run into the breeder, come back and make it to his band thing on time. So I was like, oh, as much as I really want to get my goat bread on my birthday, <laughs> I'm going to have to wait because going and seeing my son play is more important. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I text the breeder in the morning to let her know and ask her if she thought that Tonks would still be in heat in the morning. And she said that because the more intense signs were showing in the afternoon, she was pretty confident that if I got there in the morning, she would totally still be in standing heat. Um, the average time is one to three days, so they can be in heat for longer than that. But we were erring on the side of, like, let's get her in as soon as possible, just in case she's only, like, a 24-hour one. <laughs> right. And uh, when I went to check on her the next morning, she was no longer wagging or doing that obnoxious bleeding thing. And I was like, oh, shit, I totally missed her heat cycle. I'm not going to get to take her today. But she still had a bit of swelling and discharge. So I was like, well, I might as well try. And I actually Googled goat vaginas in heat <laughs> and looked at images because I was that unconfident. <laughs> And what I was seeing, and I was like, great, now I'm on some sort of, like, government watch list, like, weirdo that's into <laughs> goat vaginas. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, when I went and brought her in, um, I let her know that I wasn't super confident. And she's like, no, 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 you you should bring her in at any sign of discharge, just in case, because it's always worth a try. Mm -hmm. And... Um, one thing that I hadn't thought of either is that when you don't have a trailer, loading a goat to travel for something like this is a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because she's probably what, like 75 pounds? So I'm not really sure. I debate about this because like I can pick her up and get her on the milking stand. But all I have to do is like hoist her and then she does the work because then she sees that there's a snack up there for her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I don't know. She is a full-size Nigerian dwarf goat. So you're probably right. It, it averages like 60 to 75 pounds. So she and she's my roundest goat. So she's probably <laughs> on the higher end of that. And uh, the only thing that I had to have her travel in was a medium-sized dog crate. And pushing her into it was kind of like trying to squeeze a fat flailing octopus with eight arms into it yeah. she was like spreading her limbs out and like throwing her head back and I'm like dying because I can barely pick her up to begin with but 
I needed to be able to load her to get her back. So I, my husband's watching me and I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to load her. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get this done. And at one point I strained so hard, I peed myself. <laughs> I pick her up. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and my husband's like, all right, you go change your clothes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'll get the goat loaded. Maybe the breeder will help you load her and I was like yeah I'm really hoping so because like I had no idea who this person was I was like I'm gonna get there and it's gonna be like a 90 year old woman that can't help me load this 80 pound goat (laughs) (laughs) so the drive was pretty uneventful there although we did get it on video and apparently Tonks just cannot hang anytime I make a corner oh no (laughs) so it was kind of hilarious and a little sad to watch but she was also screaming at me the whole time so I don't Mm. necessarily feel super bad And uh, on the way there, I dropped Orion off at a school function. And we were there 20 minutes late because of my loading the goat issues. (laughs) So now I'm that mom that rolls up 20 minutes late with a screaming goat in the car, like shoving my kid out. (laughs) I'm like, sorry, we got a goat date. Bye. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, at least, you know, you know how to make an entrance. I do, especially because when I got the breeder, got to the breeders, it she hadn't messaged me back, but we had already agreed that I'd be there in the morning. So it was like 10 or so by the time I got there. So it was like mid-morning, perfect. We didn't pick a time. So this mm-hmm. feels reasonable. Well, she hadn't messaged me back and I got there and I pulled into the driveway. I see like no signs of life or anything. I'm like this is super weird. It's like 10 a.m. on a farm and like no one's out doing anything. Well, they had had goat births at three o'clock that morning. So everyone was still sleeping. So I like woke their whole house up <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. We said that you were coming in the morning. And when she came down, she was a teenager. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Well, at least, you know, she's not the 90-year-old that can't help you load a goat. Oh, yeah. No, she totally helped me load the goat, which was super awesome. So while I was surprised that she was a teenager, I was also really excited because I got to talk to her pretty in-depth about our fair's existing 4-H dairy goat program. So I got to learn a lot while I was there talking to her. And she's also really enthusiastic and like showed me everything. So that was really cool. I got to take a whole tour. I got to snuggle like 15 baby goats. Like it was just like a great morning. And then I was almost late to a cookie booth. (laughs) 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 But that's okay. Um, She was really kind and patient and she was a great teacher. I, I don't think she was still in high school. So I think she was a young adult, but she was definitely under 20. Okay. And um, her buck, his name is Worthy Revenge. Ooh, okay. And he was totally a gentleman and really sweet and not nearly as stinky as I thought he'd be. Oh, well, that's nice for your little tonks. (laughs) Yeah, and it was really nice for me, too. Yes. (laughs) I was expecting to be gagging, like, as soon as I saw him. Oh, So I was like, oh. It's fragrant, but it's not like super horrible yeah but in the summer when it's hot i will say it does get a little rough especially if the wind hits it just right oh yeah so you're doing this at a great time of year (laughs) oh good it was really funny as soon as we walked in and he came out he saw tonks rubbed himself on her and then peed on his face immediately Ooh, ooh, baby baby (laughs) and i was like oh that's a good sign right and she's like yeah that's a good sign i was like yes i guessed right So fun fact about goat breeding that I didn't know was that it's super, super fast. Oh, 
Okay. I was imagining like a minute long hump fest, but no, he was like crazy efficient. (laughs) He does like this one crunch thing and then he's done. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it sounds like he's had some practice maybe. (laughs) This is his first rodeo. (laughs) And for a driveway breeding, she likes to make sure that your doe gets three or four crunches in to make sure that he got her. So we stayed there for a little while while he, you know, like circled around her and sniffed her and then he'd rub up against her and he'd do this thing where he'd mount her and then he'd slide off and then he'd mount her and slide off. (laughs) I don't know if that was like his foreplay or what. But Tonks was having a really hard time standing still for her sexy time. So I was like on the ground in their barn, like hugging her. And every time Worthy Revenge would mount her and do his crunch thing, he'd reach forward and start licking my face and chewing on my hair. Ooh, that's weird. (laughs) It was. It was super weird. So I was way more hands-on on the actual process than I thought I was going to be. Oh, boy. <laughs> and now Tonks has some dried crusties around her vagina. That's mostly faded now, but for the first few days afterwards, it had, like, dried and formed, like, a seal around it. I don't know if I was supposed to clean that off or not, but I was like, well, I'll leave it because it's going to rain eventually. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, good. like, keeping it in or something. <laughs> I don't know the mechanics behind it, but I definitely noticed that she looks a little wiser and less innocent, so she's got that going for her, and her prospective due date is 7.30, so the end of July, and I don't know for sure whether or not it uh, whether or not it took. We did make sure that she got all the crunches in, but you know how birth and pregnancy works like it doesn't always take the first time well it feels like it's just the first time on my farm so I have high hopes for her (laughs) (laughs) okay good yeah I mean the breeder didn't seem to like she she kind of acted like she was sure that it was gonna Mm -hmm. be good so hmm. so in 30 days I'll take another blood draw on her and I'll send it to bioprint for testing um, I might wait 45 days. The paperwork says 30, but you know, some extra days will help in the whatever the protein or hormone is that they look for in the blood draw to confirm pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Probably be more intense a few days later. And the teenage breeder uh, did confirm for me that she recommends drawing blood out with a needle and then putting it in the vacuum tube and not being a novice stuffing a vacuum tube onto your goat's neck. <laughs> <laughs> And um, she did give me a compliment, though, that I was really proud of. She said that she's only doing one other driveway breeding this year. And the other woman that she's doing one for refused to draw her goat's blood on her own. So she went over there and did it for her. And I did mine. So I was like, yay. Go, Bev. (laughs) Gold stars all around. Yes. So that was Tonks' driveway breeding. What a journey. I feel like just that whole thing is so weird. Like, do you ever just like stop and think like, I live a really weird life because like, what if Bev like 10 years ago thought I'm going to go and go to a stranger's farm and wander around (laughs) with them with my goat to get bread. And hopefully I don't get murdered in the process. Like I, would not have thought that that was something I (laughs) would have ever done. And honestly, I think at least once a week I sit down and I'm like, 
my life is super weird. <laughs> and then sometimes I feel really egotistical when I think that because I'm like, my life isn't any more special than anybody else's. But when I talk to people, I am always getting like those weird, you know, like sideways stares like, huh? You do what? Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of makes me think that, yeah, my life is pretty weird compared to like what is usually expected out of a life. I don't know. It's really exciting. I love it. It like keeps my brain active. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really cool. But all the time I'm like, maybe I should write a book. (laughs) I think we should write a book. (laughs) Yeah, I think that would be way more fun. (laughs) And we can keep each other on track. (laughs) Yeah, my book would be a mess. Sam organizes all of my things and makes my things make sense. (laughs) And Bev makes sure things are on time and you guys get the episodes and they sound great. See? Great teamwork. (laughs) Teamwork. Well, that was a good story. Thank you for going through all that so you could share it with us all. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to get to do it two more times this year, fingers crossed. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if the other ones are any different or if it's like the same like song and dance for each of your goats. Yeah, it will be. I hmm. I predict that they'll be relatively similar. But, you know, maybe that's yes. just wishful thinking cuz my brain wants to know what to expect. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for we can't yeah corner. Do you want to go first this week? I can go first. And I found mine like just a couple hours ago because I was struggling, but I'm so glad that I waited to look because I found a really funny one. (laughs) And I think it's funny in a way that's probably a little dark. So bear with me, people. (laughs) So this article is from UPI.com. And the title is Farm Fire Caused by Pedometer Eating Pigs. And I saw that headline. I'm like, what? (laughs) And like for a second, I forgot what a pedometer was. But it's the thing that, like, (laughs) tracks your steps, essentially. Yep. But why would a pig eat a pedometer? Well, I'll tell you why. So I'm going to read the article. It's pretty short. Firefighters in Britain said crews responding to a fire at a farm discovered the flames were caused by pigs eating a pedometer. The North Yorkshire Fire and Rescue Service said crews from two really British-sounding towns responded to a fire on a farm near Brahman. Firefighters were able to extinguish the flames that had spread to four pig pens without any injuries reported to human or animals. Yay! That's great. It made me comfortable to share this. (laughs) An investigation of the blaze found a pedometer that had been attached to a pig to prove that it is free range had been eaten by other pigs. The firefighter said the pieces passed through the animal's digestive system, and when they came out the other side, copper from the batteries reacted with the animal waste and caused a fire to ignite. Oh, my God. <laughs> that shit is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, uh, is this like a real news website? Because I felt like it came from The Onion or something like that couldn't possibly happen. But yeah, yeah it's a legitimate news website. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That is insane. But because you want your free range bacon, you're causing fires because pigs just want to eat everything. (laughs) That's so funny. Oh gosh. Piggies are silly. 
I wonder if you could just strap a Fitbit to him, you know, like on a strap. But I bet they'd eat that off. Yeah. Or like a use like a Apple watch as like a collar. But yeah, they'll eat them off of each other because they're like, I'm hungry and I'm done rolling around in the mug. I need something to eat. They're going to put their mouths on everything. Yep. Pretty much. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. So, Bev, what's your can even this week? So my can't even this week. And it's funny. I was totally expecting you to have found this before me but you didn't so I stole it okay you didn't really steal it if I never found it first (laughs) (laughs) fair enough (laughs) Tito's tells customers not to use their vodka for hand sanitizer (laughs) what (laughs) (laughs) because you drink Tito's right yeah yeah I love Tito's so when I saw that, I was like, oh, this feels like a Sam one, but you hadn't put it in yet. So I was like, I'm going to use it. <laughs> so apparently some people are attempting to counter the spread of the coronavirus by making their own hand sanitizer out of rubbing alcohol and aloe. Okay. But vodka, don't do that. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Per the CDC, hand sanitizer it needs to contain at least 60% alcohol. And Tito's handmade vodka is only 40% alcohol, so it does not meet the current recommendation of the CDC. (laughs) And Tito's had to tweet that at people so that they would stop using their vodka to make homemade hand sanitizer. Oh, my goodness. Apparently, the company was replying to a user who was bragging on social media about using vodka to make DIY hand sanitizer. So the Center for Disease Control still says that washing your hands is the best way to to fight the virus. And if soap and water aren't available, that's when hand sanitizer could come in handy. And homemade hand sanitizer is also not a great option in general, despite a shortage of the store-bought stuff. Yeah. So I was going to give you instructions on how to wash your hands. But I'm not going to do that. I wonder, is our (laughs) intro song long enough for that 20 seconds of washing your hands? Uh, Yeah, it totally is. So if you need to play that while you wash your hands to make sure you did a long enough job, do that. You can also sing happy birthday. So Yeah, that's a good tip. What scares me is that maybe people weren't washing their hands before. I've been thinking about that, too, because I'm like, why is everybody running out of hand sanitizer and soap? I think they're hoarding it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the conclusion that I came to, too. Same with the toilet paper thing. <laughs> uh, like, Jared looked at me and was like, do we have toilet paper? And I was like, yeah, I ordered a case, like, you know, three weeks ago. A case lasts us, like, a month and a half or something. He's like, when I go to the store, I'm going to go ahead and buy another case just because, like, it's been out everywhere and we don't want to, like not have any but he just bought one right so we're only three weeks ahead on toilet paper but he looked at me and he's like why is everybody buying all the toilet paper and i said because they're not creative enough to think of other ways to wipe their ass without toilet paper <laughs> like there are plenty of alternatives to toilet paper yeah. that are totally sanitary and completely acceptable especially to do on a temporary basis so please if you're one of those people who's buying all the toilet paper please stop it's not necessary no a lot of this isn't necessary if you have a good immune system and you're younger wash your damn hands you're probably going to be fine and if you get it you're probably going to survive 
I don't want anybody to think that we don't take this seriously. However, I oh, don't yeah. take the fact that I watch CBS Nightly News and 20 minutes of the half hour is all about the coronavirus and they're scaring the shit out of you on purpose to get ratings. Oh, so that's unfortunate. You got to find balance. And I think it's important to take it seriously and maybe base some travel decisions on what's going on. Especially if you are like an immunosuppressed person or a little older, you know, err on the side of caution. But don't hoard the paper, like the toilet paper. You're going to be fine. Yeah. And if you need an alternative to toilet paper, they sell toilet sprays on Amazon. And they're perfectly fine. In fact, I've heard people that switch to bidets actually prefer them. Don't use (laughs) Tito for your bidet either. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't put Tito's in your bidet, please. And I want to point out that we are not doctors, but I I feel like Bev and I are people that enjoy common sense. So just take a deep breath and wash your hands and we'll probably all be okay. Yep. Yeah. And definitely make sure that you leave some toilet paper and canned foods on the shelves for your neighbor. And whatever you do, don't brag about how amazing you are because you've been prepping for this moment for decades (laughs) and now suddenly you're the smartest person in the world because... I don't think it's cool to act like you won't share or help other people in times of emergency. Maybe I don't (laughs) want your year supply of spam. Maybe your year supply of spam is expired and has been for the last decade. I can just go back out and eat one of my roosters if we're in a dire situation. Can you do that? (laughs) I've got four of them. There you go. Anyways, that that's your Bev and Sam PSA for washing yes. your hands, not using Tito's as hand sanitizer or ass wash. <laughs> and, and being a good human. Yes, <laughs> the end. <laughs> that was all ad-libbed. <laughs> yes, it was. That came out of nowhere. I felt like we needed to say something, though, because the coronavirus is a thing right now. We normally don't talk about newsworthy things. That are not farming related, but we care about you guys and we don't want you yeah. to lose your shit. I agree. I was kind of hoping that would lead to this, but I wasn't going to force it. Yes. <laughs> and if you're legitimately terrified of it, that is completely within your right to be. So there's that too. Yep. Okay. So don't forget to leave us a review if you haven't already. We read our favorite Apple podcast review every week. If you don't have an iPhone, or an iPad, that's okay. You can download iTunes onto your laptop and leave us a review that way. What we do is we read one review a week, and then at the end of the month, we put all of those names in a hat, draw it out of that hat, and that person gets an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in our shop. So make sure you leave like some kind of identifier, like your Instagram handle, in the review so we can find you. Yes, and this week's review is from... Marina, which is Farming MRT, and she says, highlight of my morning commute. I started listening to this podcast about five months ago. Chickens aren't my favorite, to be honest, they scare me a bit. But since listening to Sam and Bev, I'm determined to get some laying hens this spring and add to the farm. Thanks for being the encouragement I need to go outside my comfort zone. Great podcast. Thanks for making my hour drive to work tolerable. Aww. Thanks for that and review. She gave us five stars. That's so nice. Yeah. All right. So some quick housekeeping. Despite everything that's going on, we are still planning on going to Coop Camp 2020. 
And that will be in Indianapolis, Indiana, just outside of that, June 5th through 7th. We're excited to be there and we hope to meet some of you too. Be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag at Drink and Farm. We will send you a promo code just for that episode that will give you a percentage off in our merch shop. And make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to the articles we discussed, a survey to tell us how we're doing, our social media, and our merch shop. So thanks, guys. We hope you uh, enjoyed the roller coaster of an episode we just delivered to you and feel like you can go into goat driveway breeding more confidently now that Beverly went before us and did this first. (laughs) I don't know why I feel the need to use your full name when you do really epic things. I think it just makes it feel more official. Oh, it does make me feel really powerful when people use my full name, although it was just recently... Like, I think when we started this podcast that I kept my name down to Bev on everything, pretty much. Yeah, I was always using my full name. And then I cut it to Bev. I felt like it was snappier and easier to say. Bev. Mm, Bev (laughs) and Sam. I mean, Beverly and Samantha, that's kind of a mouthful. It is, uh, for sure. Anyways, we appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.